Hey guys, welcome to the Better Building Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Ferrier, and here with me today is Nick Taliska, Jim DePasquale, Mark Sankey, and a special guest and great friend of mine, Jordan Rusick from 360 Land Survey. So in today's podcast, we will be discussing the importance of attention to detail. And before we dive into that discussion, let's have Jordan kind of introduce himself, give us a little background about what he does for a living, uh, where he works, and um, yeah, just any background you got, man. Uh, so hi, I'm, as you heard, I'm Jordan Rusek from uh, small company 360 Land Survey. And uh, we do some construction, boundary, topographic, 3D modeling, drone work, and GPS. So we get into construction layout, reading engineering drawings, uh, 3D modeling. We'll build 3D models for construction companies uh, to use within their GPSs, within like dozers, excavators, to build, build the site up, whether it's drainage, groundwork, stuff like that. My planning on my future, I'm planning on getting my license. For that, you need an ABET accredited degree. There's three tests to take, your fundamentals, principles, and um, a state portion. You need eight years of experience. Four years of college counts towards that. So I'm planning on having that within hopefully the next two years. That would be my long-term plan. So that's a small background in uh my company and my background so leave it to you guys so i thought it'd be good to have him on as a guest because like what we do day in and day out requires extreme attention to detail and we're going to talk about that today but what he does um maybe on the end that personally i don't see so much in in what i do also requires extreme attention to detail so thought it would be good to kind of merge you know Merge the conversation and see what, what he has to say on that end as well. Oh, no, absolutely. And what a field that uh, must have seen a lot of changes over the decades and never really thought about that. Oh, you know, many that, changes, I mean, yeah. Absolutely, with the technology alone. It's incredible. Huh. Well, welcome, Jordan. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's an honor. He is a, he is a, a avid listener of the podcast as well, so very familiar with... I am. I feel like I know you guys. Like, <laughs> I've never this first time meeting, but I feel like I know you. Like, I don't think it's hard to get to know us. <laughs> You're probably right on. So to get started, I guess, like I said, uh, what you know, what we do, the attention to detail is critical, and we wanted to discuss the importance of that in the industry. And mm, I thought a good starting point, like many of our podcasts, would be to define attention to detail. So on the internet, when you Google attention to detail definition, it gives you the online definition is achieves thoroughness and accuracy when accomplishing a task through concern for all areas involved. And I thought it was kind of funny because like when, you know, we, we do attention to detail, right? Like that's just ingrained in what I do in work and in life for a lot of things. But it, to me, it was funny when I'm looking at this because you also just see that a lot on, that's like your standard resume line, right? Pays atten- you know, has attention to detail. Well, what does that mean, right? A lot of people may not know what, what actually is attention to detail in our industry. So I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, it's not just something you see on a resume. It's, it's something you actually do. 
Oh, what a word, Clayton. I mean, when you really break it down, what was the definition? Achieve thoroughness, accuracy. That's great. Read it again, please. He's throwing the, he's throwing the resume buzzwords yeah, in well, there. Right? It's like the attention to detail is a resume buzzword, but like it's real, you know? <laughs> when you see it on a resume, someone has to actually do have attention to detail. And maybe people don't necessarily know to what extent that means in our industry. Well, it's it's a word that's thrown out detail quite a bit, and it's I, I think it's interesting to look at the definition and really focus on what that means, and then even break down the other words. You know, what does it mean to be thorough? What does it mean to be accurate? So, that's that's an under undervalued word. I feel I've just appreciated it more in the opening thirty seconds here, Clayton. <laughs> so just just the the you know when you said attention to detail shows up on most resumes, I just did a quick. Uh, internet search and open quote shockingly almost 60 percent of resumes have basic spelling and grammar errors mm. probably the same ones that say uh have great attention to detail oh the irony right yeah <laughs> uh, going back to clayton's question what else en encompassed in detail i mean i think it goes all the way down to the fundamentals of uh are we on time are we uh, is it complete and you know, my dad uh, really, and the Boy Scouts, it, it all comes down to, again, our earlier podcast of being prepared. And I think then when you get to the design level, it, especially as design has evolved over the last 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, we've seen cost and schedule and everything become compressed so that you no longer have, oh, I can put 20% oversizing on this component or the flow rates or anything else because it drives the cost up and as you get closer to the boundaries of performance of mechanical and electrical equipment the attention to detail becomes more and more more and more required because one small error will put you in an, in an area of performance of the equipment that you don't want to be in well that's good perspective too mark because like you know if you design a system and it's, you know, 105% capacity, no one's going to ever say anything. And I think Jim's already said this before in some of our podcasts, but if it's 95% capacity and you need that extra 5%, you failed, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, and that's, that could be a rounding error to, to some extent. I mean, depending on what you're doing. And we, I think we had talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, um, and I think I had said, like, yeah, if you're 25% oversized, you're not probably going to get fired. But if you're 25% undersized on a big job or any job, really, you know, then you're you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that, um, that gets you notoriety. But, <laughs> but now if you – and Mark had brought this up when we were talking about that. If, if you do, like, a lot of rounding, like, in the middle of your calculations, um, you know, I think that's a good – example of attention to detail like if you just continuously round every number and then at the end you get your sum of like a calculation and you round that up you could be like a hundred to two hundred percent oversized and now someone might notice you know now the owner you know instead of you know if you're 10 20 percent oversized they might be happy with that you know you, you provided some safety factor for them some comfort everything's gonna run fine yeah you know, depending on what we're talking about um but you know, if you're 200% oversized, because you were, you never, you didn't pay attention to detail on how your spreadsheet or programs calculating things, or you yourself doing hand calculations, just kept that rounding. And 
thinking, oh, safety factor. And then you don't realize how that could be multiplicative at the end of your calc. You know, that that's a great example of attention to detail. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I thought it'd be interesting kind of to hear Jordan's perspective because again, like we're talking about, you know, sizing mechanical equipment, whatever, pumps, uh, air handler, chiller, all that good stuff. But on his end too, you know, attention detail is critical because that same, that same issue can occur, right? And you could be laying out, I don't know, conduit for, uh, you know, underground conduit or drainage and you could end up two feet off of where you need to be, where your tolerances could be, I don't know, you know, one inch, right? Well, well, I say, I mean, with the rounding errors, anytime I do hand calculations, I do hand calculations for any time I read drawings. I don't, I don't trust anything. You, you reverse mathematic, um, everything to make sure it's going to work. And when you do that, there's, you never round until the end, because especially with like anchor bolts, when you're starting off a building, those got to be within tight tolerances within eighth of an inch. So if you round and you're off an eighth one way with one anchor bolt pattern and eighth the other way with an uh, anchor bolt pattern 50 feet away, you're off a quarter inch on each of those. And then your steel beams going up aren't, I mean, a quarter inch may sound small, but then eventually when you're going up with, with a high rise, it's going to, it's going to eventually be a costly mistake. Um, all because of just rounding issues, something that you could have could have fixed right at the start of it. I'm imagining like the Leaning Tower of Pizza in my mind right now. Uh, After all these rounding errors, you know, <laughs> someone, oh, it's just a quarter of an inch. And then, you know, by the time you get up to the 50th floor, you're a couple feet over. <laughs> a project we were on last year, uh, a year, year and a half ago, I guess, uh, steel was all, you know, prefabbed pre-manufactured blah 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 day six on the job I, I got there and there's a guy up on the steel with a torch cutting almost three feet of steel off of uh about six different um six different support beams they were too long how did this happen we don't know but they won't fit so were and was every, it steel within spec or was it the tolerance steel, down below steel was in spec Oh, that's oh, not no. good. No. <laughs> that's nope. what torches are but for. But that's what know? torches are for. <laughs> torches and welders. Yep, exactly. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, and, you know, attention to detail, that was one of the first things that came to my mind, right, is, you know, rounding and, and, and tolerance stack up, if you would call it that. And that is, you know, industry-wide, whatever you do, machining, engine, you know, anything, that's where attention to detail is, is really important. And that probably is why it's the first thing we're discussing today. <laughs> well, and I, I think attention to detail is really important, uh, especially when, when there is transition or transfer of information from one entity to another. And I don't know if you guys remember, uh, well, you were, you, I don't know, in 1999, do you remember when we lost the uh, Mars orbiter? Mm-hmm was 60 miles off course because Lockheed Martin, which did the uh, calculations for thruster uh, firing, did the calculations in English units while NASA thought the uh, navigation team was getting them in metric units. Mm -hmm. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. And back in 1999, 125 million was a big number. Well, I don't feel so bad about when I forget to convert units now. I mean, if the engineers <laughs> at NASA did it... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's two points in, in this part of the discussion and what Jordan was saying to it about, uh, you know, where uh, and what Mark was just saying, where does the detail like happen, right? If it's at the end, you know, something, the last thing to do and you don't have great accuracy, it can be maybe easily, you know, redone. But if it happens early in the process, and then if it scales too, like like Jordan's Oof. example, I mean that's a whole different. I mean that's I guess illustrates why detail is so important, and it varies I guess how important it is depending on where it happens. And, but you know those are things like you know what Jordan's saying. That stuff I don't know. I kind of take for granted. You know I show up in the buildings there, and great. Now I you know here's my part, right? Now I have to engineer and design and whatever, you know, mechanical systems. But there's, like I said, there's a lot of detail that goes into just like getting the building there and built correctly. Um, drainage, all that stuff. It, it requires so much attention to detail that, you know, when you're looking at a site that is, I don't know, you know, your building's 300 by 300, you're, and you're measuring things off of points and you're a quarter inch off, or angles, anything, it makes a huge difference. It's all compounded the further you go. So, yeah. I think about that stuff all the time, Clayton, when I'm like trying to cut two pieces of wood and be equal lengths and I don't pay attention to detail. And I go, man, you know, they build buildings. <laughs> you know, I should be able to be accurate in this. That'd be a quarter inch off. So, I agree, man. It's crazy. Well, the toughest thing is. You obviously, when you start a, a construction project, you start from the ground up. So you start with everything that's underneath the ground. So before the building even goes up, you're doing um, drainage, sanitary, all that stuff. And you got to know where everything like duct banks, all that stuff is going to be because eventually that's going to go in. You got to make sure you're not going to have any discrepancies with that stuff. So you got to kind of be ahead of the schedule. So that's a, like kind of another part of, uh, um attention to detail i guess because it's excellent a coordination got, of details you, from yeah. others too yeah yeah and you obviously you got different people coordinating with each other and you got to make sure they're all on one page because if they're not that's when issues occur very easily when my details intersect with your details yeah we better both be pretty good right yeah yep. that's right well, Jim brought up Leaning Tower of Pisa. The origin of that whole ongoing debacle is uh, it was a soil compaction problem. I mean, the, they built it on a swamp, and technology not being what it is nowadays, and they just went ahead, and, uh, and almost immediately, the first two floors started to you know, shift. And then it was compounded by... Uh, multiple iterations of well, we can lengthen the columns on one side to uh, try and straighten it out, but it was a hundred percent, you know, a soil compaction problem or soil stability problem, not a compaction. Literally, the attention to detail is the foundation. Look at mm -hmm. that. There's my analogy. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> that that still happens today, though. You know that, Mark, right? You know that. I know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> soil compaction. Who needs it? Well, it's amazing they could build so many buildings back then that aren't leaning towers. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. So scheduling, that's that's something that I think a lot of people don't consider 
um, to be part of the detail conversation. But, you know, as you guys and Jordan said, it is. I mean, how I don't know how many times I've shown up, right, and there's six guys, six well-trained, highly paid, skilled craftsmen to do something that requires scheduling and coordination. And not all of the questions have been asked, right? We don't have all of the information. Maybe we don't even have the drawings. Um, and then we stand around for five hours because, you know, one little piece of that puzzle was missed. And there's a waste of five hours and five guys, you know, at whatever rate they're getting paid. That one also stuck out to me for attention yeah. to detail. Never oh, really I agree. thought about that. Uh, or, or they're waiting around because the, the factory, the supplier, the office didn't deliver materials. Uh, and really, especially nowadays, to be competitive, to be efficient, you know, your workforce needs to be productive every minute they're on the job site to the extent that you can facilitate that. So from a, from a planning and a strategy and a, um, you know, profitability perspective, the support infrastructure of, um, you know, a main office or whatever, their only job is really to get things out of the way so that the field force can be productive. You know, scheduling's in, you know, from the designer and engineer, uh, point of view can be interesting because uh, I feel like on most jobs, you know, we just design something. It's a, like a single set, single phased uh, bid documents. And the scheduling, a lot of times is just, you know, let up to the, let to the contractor, but you still need to, you, you know, pay attention to detail on what actually, how are they actually going to build this building or if it's a existing building where a lot of this is very important. You know, how is this going to impact the existing tenants? You know, are they going to have to shut down certain systems? Are they going to have access? They have to wheel equipment through these corridors. Are, is it even physically possible? Could the floor handle it? Do we have to cut holes in the roof? Um, and that's when, you know, you, you may have to get into some phased design documents where, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, coming up with a 100% completely detailed construction schedule, but at the design stage, it has to be in mind so you can properly have like a phased design document bid set. Um, and depending on how the project's being procured, whether it's, you know, design bid build or you have a, a construction manager that's on board from the beginning, you know, I think scheduling attention to detail is very important, especially the more uh, your project increases in size and complexity. Yeah, I mean, we'll do uh, feasibility studies even before, well, once they start um, the design process to even see whether it's new building or existing building to see if, if it's an existing building, if the main utilities can even handle it or stuff like that needs to be replaced or what kind of equipment can fit in there or any of that stuff. So you kind of do it throughout the process. You know, and we were throwing out, you know, our, our resume buzzwords <laughs> earlier. And one of them, probably have a podcast on it, is <laughs> called BIM, which is BIM, Building Information Modeling. Um, and this is kind of a big uh, 
shift in the industry. It started, you know, it started over 10 years ago, I would say, but it's been becoming more and more like required and prevalent. It's that term in a way is kind of subjective. People interpret BIM differently. A lot of people, when they hear BIM, they just think of like a 3D model building um, where the engineer and architectural models are modeled in 3D. Um, but the, you know, there's been a lot of evolution. The software's been improved a lot and the actual practicality and use of it by the whole team between the owners, the uh, architect and engineer design team, the contractors, the GC, the CM, there's been, I've been a, lucky to have been a, a part of a couple projects where BIM has been successfully used by the whole project team. And that's where attention to detail can prevent a lot of headaches, you know, further down the road during construction, because, you know, we get it into like pre-construction coordination where we are taking 3D models uh, from architects and engineers. We're detailing them to construction level. And depending on how far you want to go, maybe you're just doing 3D clash detection, but now I suppose you'd call that 3D BIM. And then there's this term 4D BIM where you add time, the time parameter, and now you're scheduling in your 3D model. And you have a, every element has a, a time parameter on it. So you could see a building go up before your eyes, before it actually is built. Um, and you really get into the details on those types of projects. And we found some and success that's, in it. And that's where the copy and paste errors come from. The copy and paste errors, that is my biggest oh, yeah. pet peeve. Holy crap. <laughs> Though I've seen detailed foundation drawings get copied and pasted. And I've, I've went back on the engineer and they just kind of, kind of look at it and be like, well, my mistake. And it's like, what do you mean your mistake? It's, this is a critical error. If I didn't catch this, this could have gone in. Like this, this could have been built like this. And then you have problems down the road. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All because someone wanted to save some time because they wanted to get home for dinner. And steaks that night. <laughs> Well, and I think that's the biggest enemy to to detail, or maybe maybe there's a couple, but no, it takes time, you know. And, and so when you're talking about budgeting, what it's going to take one if you don't know what the details are that you need to execute. Going back to the scheduling part, it's kind of hard if you don't know the tasks involved. Paying attention to detail, then you're not going to plan for that time. Yeah, but I will say, like attention to detail, um, it. Sometimes it's really easy though, like cold, like whatever, not a cold eye because like, say you do the design, right? Okay. You put it on the paper, you're done. Then go like, just reread it. Look at it again. And I, you know how many times I've caught simple mistakes just by let's look at it again. Right. And to me, that's also, that's attention to detail, right? Just taking the time to reread it, look at it quick. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's like you have to like fine tooth comb through every little thing 10 times to make sure it's perfect. You know what well, I mean? I agree 100%. And even beyond that, you know, very as much as peer review of documentation is recommended slash required by ASHRAE or as part of the commissioning process, 
it's not often that we see that happen. But even in in terms of um, individuals, there's nothing wrong with handing off your your work to a peer to say, "Look this over." The the cold eye review is a is you know something that's been around for a long time, maybe not in a formal sense, but um, you know General Electric, Coke Industries, all of them really and engage that thought process internally to help improve quality. And it's a simple process. Well, I agree with that, that it is simple. And even your own cold eye review is instrumental. If you have time to put something down for a day or two or possibly even longer and come back, yeah, you definitely can make it better. But sometimes those timelines come up against each other. And this is just my experience of seeing why the times when I didn't pay attention to detail, the time when others didn't pay attention to detail, it's because your your schedules are coming up against each other and, and something, you don't have another three days for a separate person to look at it because you maybe didn't plan into it uh, that way. But And then I think there's also the mindset that, well, there's a chance it could all be right, right? <laughs> and Or maybe somebody else is going to catch it. You know, which which I you know dealt with you know uh, years ago in a different type of position, reviewing things from uh, authors of M and V analysis and things like that. And I remember uh, one particular person I worked closely with. It seemed like I was always finding these things like, hey, you know, this number here doesn't match this number. You you got to just check your work, you know. And that's become one of my mantras with you know, with kids at school and everything, just there's so many ways you can check your work and just give yourself a fighting chance. Like, is that the right answer I just came up with? And I think that follows through to obviously what we're talking about here. So yeah, don't underestimate checking your work. I think that one of the tougher parts, because Clayton said that attention to detail is easy, but one of the tougher parts about attention to detail is when you're juggling a lot of different things. I, I believe and we all we're all guilty of it we all forget about it and sometimes you're you're on a couple different jobs let's say and and you want to get something out because someone's asking for it and that attention to detail i think tends to lack a little bit sometimes and we all kind of kind of sit back and and make sure that everything's good and everyone makes mistakes too that's why you have other people down the road checking it but no agree completely and, you know, and, and take it to the extreme, you know, how much, and I guess that's why it has to be part of kind of your own, uh, your own culture or process or habits of, you know, how do you pay attention to detail depending on what the task is? And there's different ways to do that. But uh, again, I think it does come down to uh, the time element. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I'd be... Happy to have people like Jordan out in the field checking my stuff so they can say. And I think you get that a lot, actually, too, though. Um, you know, in engineering, whatever, whoever, you, you push out your drawings, your construction drawings, all that stuff. You get a lot of times people out in the field, they pay a lot of attention to detail and they'll say, well, that doesn't make sense. Why'd you do that? Or why'd you say that? Or whatever. And you can adjust from there before it is catastrophic. Mm. Um I've seen two different people. I've seen people who just put it in and say, well, it's on the drawings like that. And I've seen people who try to make sense of it. The first thing I, that I do when I go out to a, a brand new project is I go over the drawings and I 
try to find issues because you want to find issues right then and there because then it can be resolved right away. Because usually it's a it's a little mistake and it can be easily resolved. But then at that point in time, you don't have a bunch of laborers or whatever hanging around uh, waiting for that to be put in. Great second axiom right there. You know, if details are wrong, correct them ASAP. Well, and, and Jordan, that's exactly right. Two things that you said. Number one, it's easier to correct it on paper than when it's already underground or worse yet, under concrete or under asphalt. So you can correct it on paper, but you're right. There are, you know, the polar opposites of the fields team. Number one, the team that says, I put it in the way that it, it's on the paper and what's usually or what's often either said or unsaid, even though I know it won't work. Yeah. That is the, that's when the top of my head comes off. Just it, because there is a whole uh, strata of labor or, or even skilled labor that they know they'll put it in. It will require a change order. It will require a rework. It will have a schedule impact, and they'll do it anyway, and that's very frustrating. That, so, that means more money for them. That's exactly right. It's not in the best interest, the collective interest of moving the job forward, getting it done on time and under budget, but it's a, it's a self-serving uh, philosophy. So that's one side of it. And then you have the other side where somebody runs up to you with the drawings and they're, you know, the welder's ready and fired up and they say, I don't think this is right. And they catch the errors and that's a, that's a huge benefit, uh, you know, where you have a proactive contractor, pro proactive team on the project that says are you really sure this is what we should be building because it doesn't seem like it will work yeah that's that's the team i want on site that's you exactly know. right yeah absolutely and sometimes is i don't know what the right word to say is you know you, even then when you when you get that flag at that point yeah it sucks you know it sometimes it's frustrating <laughs> whatever but like you said you would every day would rather have that and sort it out then, you know, before it's built. Before so the rework. That's yeah, right. and I don't know. That's that's a that's a good all around detail oriented team, right? If if your engineering pays attention to detail, it'll come out great, right? But if there is a slight mistake or whatever, and the field team has attention to detail, it it your the job's going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be on schedule under budget, maybe, you know, all that good stuff. A detail plays a huge role in all of that, obviously. Through all stages and for all trades too. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. So I, I want to interject another section in there because Nick just said all stages and all trades. Think about just, you know, we're small business people on this podcast, but as businesses get larger, think about the business perspective, attention to detail as it relates to our businesses uh, that can be the difference between failure and success. Number one, I have a few points that I just want to bring up and then we can have more conversation about it. Number one, who can bind your business? Do we know? Can it be bound by verbal agreements? Can it be bound by an email? And how many contractors go through projects without reading their contracts? How many projects have I been on where there are subcontractors that don't know what the 
general contractor's terms and conditions look like, nor do they even know that the general T's and C's, including insurance requirements and payment terms and subrogation schedules, liquidated damages, even consequential damages, all flow to the subs. And the sub hasn't even read or is even aware of the general's T's and C's. So from a business perspective, those are the kinds of details that you need to be aware of and need to incorporate into your into your planning, into your estimates, into all of that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I, of details. I totally agree with that because, I mean, you look into... I notice it when I work with bigger companies is they send it down the line and they keep, some guy looks at it and he keeps sending it down the line and it's kind of, it becomes not my problem kind of thing because he doesn't know about like insurance, anything with insurance, anything with payments or anything like that. He's just told I got to do this and that's what I do. And it's tough to get a hold of some people sometimes. Yeah, and and the one line, you know, in the purchase order or, or subcontract that says this incorporates by reference the the terms and conditions of this project number and date, and that one line probably has you know three hundred pages of T's and C's behind it. Yeah, I agree, and that's funny. Not funny you bring that. Interesting you bring that up, um, because that's something I would have never. I, I don't know. That didn't that didn't come you know up onto my list of attention to detail is even the terms and conditions stuff. And it's such a great point because <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example. It, I mean, there's, there's got There's thousands of them, right? Where one word, if you read it differently or, you know, if you interpret it differently can <laughs> make or break you, uh, in installation, if you get down a road too far, right? I'm trying to think of what a good example would be, but just little details oh. like that, you know? I don't know. What's a good example of that off on the fly? A uh, good example? I mean, applicable codes. You know, then there's an argument about whether specific codes apply uh, or incorporation of a code by reference. And then you have to determine, you know, whether or not the specific code is applicable. There, There's a lot. And, and actually, we've had, you know, attorneys debate the the impact of a comma in a contract right so, exactly i mean it's it's bad yeah. yeah so attention to detail on the contractual side is really essential in a small business and th then it's easy to ask for clarification <laughs> before you're asking for um forgiveness right <laughs> or whatever you'd call it. I'd rather ask yeah. for clarification than forgiveness. Oh, before you're standing in front of an arbitrator, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Maybe that brings up another point in all this that, you know, the details need to be paid attention to by I guess uh relevant people, right? I mean, I don't review I mean, there's a lot of stuff as a small business owner that I rely on other people that are experts yes. in that field, for example, taxes i don't pretend to understand the tax code don't want to you know but you know so things like that with your legal contracts and everything so but then that transfers to other things you know the people that are saying yes all the details are correct they ought to be what's the word i'm looking for qualified yeah you know, to do that 
Absolutely. But Nick, I, I would Absolutely. think you as you know, a small business owner, you know, would be more motivated to make sure that those contracts are either read by yourself or someone that you trust is qualified to re, you know read through them and understand them because you may in some ways in a lot of ways have more to lose than someone else at a big company oh without a doubt yeah yeah and and you know with a lot of the the legal term or you know language yep. that we're talking about these things aren't fun to go through all kinds of agreements and yeah. contracts whether it's for a project you don't have time for that we're busy copying and pasting all the designs so <laughs> <laughs> yeah just some truth to that pumping sure. out copy and paste designs <laughs> absolutely nick you know and jim to that point you as much as you rely on can rely on somebody qualified and this is just expanding on jim's point i guess you know and a qualified person to say this is my part to check and review man i don't know how many times unqualified Clayton has caught mistakes of qualified individuals. You know what I mean? That are supposed to, and that's what really, really, really depresses me some days is like, why am I catching this when this person is supposed to know 10 times more than me in this subject? And I'm the one that took the extra five minutes to read it or check it. And I noticed this, that is one of the most frustrating things ever. Yeah, I agree. When, uh, when it's not even your job and you're the one finding out the issue, I, I find that all the time because either people don't care or they just kind of send it down the line. So, first of all, both you guys are too young to be saying, uh, I get it best. The follow-on to that, though, is... I would never say it's not my job. I mean, certainly you may not have a stake in the outcome, but you know, uh, uh, I I really I don't know want to say I want to say philosophically, our jobs, all of our jobs, is to design, build, start up, tune buildings that support customers' needs and efforts to manufacturer to you know provide power to you know provide utilities whatever it is and i i think we collectively uh, and really as a as a um, group of talent need to say there's nothing that really isn't my job i can offer an opinion and i may not be an expert but based on experience and based on you know mathematics or physics this may not work as intended um yeah, unfortunately, we all have to go outside the boundaries of what we are consider, considered bona fide experts in sometimes. But, you know, shedding a light on a gross error is, I, I think it's part of everybody's job. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But put in perspective. For the sake of the podcast, I'll, I'll say um, it's frustrating when somebody else has paid good money to do it to be right and you're the one catching it <laughs> well i agree but but that goes right to our podcast right so you want to hire the entities that do have the commitment to yes. attend the details otherwise you know if good enough is good enough well there's a the whole strata of performance that you can buy for 
you know, less money and go ahead and get good enough. Good enough is not good enough. We want, you know, to as close as we can get to perfection without, you know, the marginal cost exceeding the marginal benefit. Damn. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that was well put. That was good. <laughs> we could probably end the podcast on yeah, that. I want to follow up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Mark said. Er, go ahead. Well, um, you know, I, I think this is really summarizing the whole the whole discussion of the podcast a, a little bit. But is there elaboration? Any further elaboration to saying, you know, um, attention to detail does separate good from great, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's where that sentence ends because we we already covered pretty much a lot of that in the discussion. <laughs> no, I think it does, and I think you know, even throughout history. Um, you know, we've had good and great and, you know, really phenomenal, everything from design and uh, construction. And, and, you know, I look at, um, uh, you know, being car guys, look back to the 60s. Well, you guys weren't born yet, but the big horsepower number that car guys chased was one horsepower for, per cubic inch. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was a big deal. Um, there were two cars that did it first in um, 1957. One was the uh, Fuley Corvette with the 283-283 horsepower. And then uh, the DeSoto, which had a Chrysler Hemi, 345 Hemi in it, making 350 horsepower. And then, you know, there were other cars through the 60s that did it. And then in 1970, Honda, with their N600, Produced 36 horsepower from a 36 cubic inch displacement motor. Pretty big deal. But if you look at the benchmarks nowadays, what's the number? 1.5, 1.6 horsepower per cubic inch. And it's all because of the incorporation of innovation that came before them, right? So now we have fuelage, we have fuel injectors, we have windage trays, we have low friction surfaces we have all that's and microprocessor based you know uh, control of fuel air ratios via o2 sensors and all that that kind of performance improvement comes from attention to the details so attention to detail is part of a continuous improvement process that can be incorporated at each of our levels at the personal level not just the corporate level Right. And, you know, by doing that, it, it goes right back to getting better and being prepared. Which are two podcasts of ours. So if you're listening, those are good ones. <laughs> I didn't do that by accident. That's great. <laughs> Keep, keeping it simple. Yep, well yeah. Said. yeah. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and that, yeah, super well put because you're right. I mean, the engine analogy is an, is an easy analogy to make because we all, you know, we all have familiarity with, with engines and, you know, tweaking, just it's tweaking almost, right? Little things in the, in the details that can make a huge difference. And you're absolutely correct when it comes to a building to, to any, you know, any layer of it, um, if it's the site work or if it's the, you know, the control system on it or anything in between. 
the attention to detail and the little the little tweaks made looking for improvement and going through it can just make such a huge difference and it it really can change a facility that you know yeah it it'll do what it needs to do to you know a state-of-the-art I don't know I mean amazing facility right where I, I guess I'm at a loss for words past that but yeah makes a huge difference no, well put. And, and you may want, I mean, I'll cut this part out, but I am curious, like, is it a legitimate question to ask somebody that's going to be doing something for you, uh, you know, on a project? Like, how, how do you pay attention to detail? You know, what is your process? And, and then I think it kind of zeroes in on error checking, but it's more than that, you know? I think you, you no. know right away, though. I mean, well, it depends what they do, but I, it's just something you can... You could get a pretty good feel for it quickly if it's looking at somebody's drawings. If you had two sets of drawings and one person paid attention to detail and the other person didn't, it's going to be obvious very quickly. But is that what it takes, though? Does it take somebody finding out that there's a lack ah. of something to point out that, that there is lack? Mark, you, I think you have a thought. Well, I, I do, Nick. And I th you're talking about, for instance, if you are an owner interviewing engineering, architectural, or uh, overarching design, is that where you were headed wasn't what i was thinking necessarily but the same thing it could be anything hiring another contractor yeah so you know there needs to be a quality assurance process so the the simplest one that i would say is okay uh, what's your quality assurance process well we recommend engagement of a commissioning agent to follow the ashry 2005 guidelines so that there's in ongoing and continuous reviews of the design process as relates to the EOPR. There's a commitment to peer review of the design. The owner needs to write a, a uh, basis of design document to you know substantiate and um, validate the basis for design. And, and if somebody says, well, you know, we check our drawings, that's not quite as robust exactly. as you know somebody that says this is the process we follow. And here's maybe a checklist, and you know we're going to go through, and somebody's going to physically mark this box or fill in the details that this step was performed. I mean, and I don't know the answer. I guess that's where I'm kind of going with. How do you processize? Processize. What's the word, Clayton? I'm looking for. I don't make know. Into a process. Yeah. How do you make into a process this? you know, detail checking, but I think it is. I don't know, I, but you can't, you can't like quantify attention detail, right? You can, you're not like this person gives 10 and this person gives three, right? It's I don't just know. A... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I remember this, like I said, I started talking about this person I worked with and we'd always have this back and forth and I'd go, you know, hey, you know, this number wasn't agreed. And I made checklists for him. Before you send this report to me, you got to go through and check these things. And one time I asked him, I go, you know, hey, before I even look at this, did you do, you know, a detailed, you know, how did you do on this or something like that? And he says, Nick, I did a perfunctory job. And I'm like, okay, thank you. That's excellent. I didn't know what the word meant, right? <laughs> so I took it back and I'm looking at it and I see the same things. This number doesn't match here. My checklist, he checked yes on the stuff and it doesn't match. And I looked up perfunctory and it's like, put in a minimal amount of effort. <laughs> 
<laughs> Funk uh, the short the short definition is half assed. <laughs> there it is. And I learned that. I mean, that you know, this was a good while ago. We still laugh about that to this day. <laughs> but I don't know. Wow. I felt like I asked, you know, hey, were you detail oriented? Yes, Nick. I'm so detail oriented. I'm perfunctory. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> so I don't know. But well, yeah, I, I think there are, and even making the checklist, you know, we've seen projects where the checklist that the the uh, CA was supposed to use was, were provided, and then, okay, where are the completed checklists? Oh, those are completed. Well, if you looked at all the boxes, you would find maybe one check mark for each system, and they didn't do any of it. It was as perfunctory as you get. You know, there's one check mark on each page. Um, it's, you know, anybody can say this is the process that we adhere to, but you need to ask for demonstration of that adherence. Let's see some checklists from past projects that are complete, you know, so Great that question, yeah. um, you know, Anybody know can can know the technical process, but if can they execute the technical process? Yeah, I haven't met a lot of people that said, "Yeah, no, I'm not a very detail-oriented person." You know? <laughs> well, and that and that's some people may think they are. De- I mean, it's um, oh, what's the right word? Um, subjective, right? Yeah. I mean, I someone can be yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm definitely very detail-oriented. I skim through it once." extra and <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, well i think you're right i think there are definitely in my own you know uh area of ex- areas that i work in there are areas where i'm very detailed and others less so like if you know i'm not a building designer but am i detail oriented when it comes to mechanical electrical systems to to the point where I drive myself and other people crazy. So, I, I don't know. Uh, even in things that I do, you know, when I do an oil change, it, it, it's too much detail because I want to check every grease fitting where there are grease fittings. I want to do it myself because I know that the, the, this is a great example. It just hit me in the head. You go to the Jiffy Lube, or I shouldn't even say the Quick Lube place. Right? Yeah. They give you a whole sheet of things that they're supposed to check. Yeah. Now, nowadays, in the day of COVID, and I've done this, you sit in the car. So I see him pop the hood. The guy in the pit pulls the plug and the uh, oil filter off. Okay, draining. And there's another guy up there, you know. So then they come to you and say, you need a new air filter. I said, no, I don't. I just changed it 3,000 miles ago. And, and then they fill it, close the hood. Then they come to you with a checklist. So it's $39.95. We check the wiper fluid. We check the differential. We check the grease fittings. We check the blah, blah, blah. 35 items. And I'm like, I've only been here for 11 minutes. You didn't check 35 items. But that's what you get. So it's, you know, it's the equivalent of a yeah. commissioning report at the donut, you know, donut delight. Yeah. That's perfunctory. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and and to somebody that doesn't know or doesn't, you know, 
I guess doesn't know better, doesn't know what everything is, they'll be like, wow, great, I got this great checklist and everything's perfect. And then they'll go drive down the road and whatever, their wheel could fall off because the lug nuts weren't torqued right, but the sheet said everything was torqued. Everything was hunky-dory, right. Yeah, you know. But, yeah, I mean, detail, you, you got, I guess you have to know what you're looking for, too, when you're looking for detail. It seems to get more complicated at the end of this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I think I think we're at a pretty good point where we could wrap it up. I, I, I mean, we covered a lot about detail, um, the importance of it, right, where it's important. And, it, and the trend of the podcast was it's important everywhere from – you know, before before an excavator even touches the site, right, to wiring in the control panel um, and everything in between, detail is very important and it goes a long way. And the detail will, uh, I mean, it'll be, it'll be seen and felt in the facility, you know, years and years after too, which makes a big difference. You know, when you can leave a job and it can stay running fine and you never get a, a call for any issues it's probably because you were detail oriented the team was you know which makes a big difference um i i don't know i i guess i don't i don't have too many parting thoughts per se but that is that is my that is my uh parting thought <laughs> i i'd say the most kind of rewarding thing is when you're done with a project and Everything seems to be coming together, or you're finishing up, I should say. Everything seems to be coming together. All the, like, with you guys with your control systems, you're not getting any calls on any anything. Um, just everything seems to be finishing up, and your client's happy. And yeah, that's not good. luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great point, Jordan. The the feeling of that it's like anything that you don't want to do but you know you're going to feel better after you do it or be satisfied but that is one thing and i think that's maybe one of those things to help when you know you've looked at something over and over and think okay i've checked it it's ready to go right i can stand behind this but then you're like ah maybe i should look at it again in an hour or for another yeah. hour uh but it, it's good to remember i guess those things going forward Yep. And when a plan comes together and you focus on the details and it works, you got to remember that wasn't luck. That was because you focused on the details and planned and, you know, yep. Keep everything that goes prize, with it. So to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And there's yeah. that saying, the devil is in the details. And that's got to mean something too. We'd even talk about that. But I, w I thought about <laughs> it. I didn't know. Right? I, I, I didn't know, Nick. I'm glad you brought it up, but I don't know what it means. So many things. I mean, I think contractual terms, like we were talking about earlier, but it's it could easily be, you know, just any other way. The rework and the, I don't know, damaged projects, relationships, and reputations that can go along with it. Yeah. Oh, horrible road. The the reputation damage that can happen. I mean, that's that's never good. Man, what a word, detail. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more detail oriented in aspects of my life after this podcast now. Just get, it's deep, man. Clayton sometimes gets frustrated with me because I'm so detail oriented with like just life things. Yeah, I'm like, dude, come on, like you don't have to. I spend 20 hours on this. Just get it done and move on. But usually, when you pay attention to details with anything, it uh, it surely helps. 
Oh, well, it's that's dividends. the rub. I mean, time is the ultimate yeah. finite resource. There's yep. Nothing right. about that anybody can do. Yep. So it's a valid point, but yeah, it's an art. You know, in this podcast, we didn't talk about uh, attention to detail on the BMS side. You know, how much, how critical wiring diagrams are. Oh my how... gosh, I know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you can do that yourself. Then. You're you right, just... Mark. We didn't talk about that. No, but it's, it's on the outline. It is. It is. It is. It was, yeah, I agree. Ah, there's so much. I mean, so to much. label wires, label things. That was that was a huge detail um, thing that I changed in my life, and it just it pays dividends. You know, for just personally on things that I do to label stuff, it goes a long way. So, you know, to do it on a control system is huge for anybody that opens that control panel two years down the road that doesn't have a wiring diagram on hand. Right. Um, yeah. That, that little bit of detail makes a five hour job turn into a 10 minute job. Maybe if you know exactly what, what, what's the issue, where's the wiring for it and what you have to change, whatever, you know? Exactly. And I think a part of uh, being detail oriented means that you have, an understanding of the project responsibilities and roles of the individuals that you hand off information to. And Nick, this goes back to your earlier point that, okay, you have a team member who is handing off to you information or, you know, design or calculations that are inadequate. And consequently, before you can start to do your job, you need to have rework on what was handed to you. The same thing is true in building systems, uh, and, and maybe even to a larger extent, the, you know, the next step in building systems, okay, number one, we may need to make programming changes, but number two, we may need to add on, modify, or otherwise, um, you know, do something with the wiring in a control mm -hmm. system and absent labeling and really good as-built drawings. You can't do that. And then when that person leaves the job, if they did make modifications, do they take it back to the field, back to the office, have the changes redlined, incorporate them in as-builts, and reissue the as-builts? So all those things are really important. And without that attention to detail, over a period of years, you end up with a set of obsolete control drawings and a rat's nest inside the control panel. And Nick, I've no, I know you've seen that, and I've seen it more times than I like to count. No, it was definitely worthy talking about. Um, okay, I'll, I suppose I will wrap it up here now. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Better Building Systems podcast. Today's episode was really informative. Thank you, Nick, Jim, Mark, and Jordan for kind of giving us your thoughts on the attention to detail. And tune in for next week's discussion with the Building Hot Rodders. Thanks a lot, guys.